Aw, oh, shit. I'm lagging balls. That's right. Lagging balls. Your community-focused World of Warcraft podcast. For the people, by some people. With your hosts, Thorn and Fist. Happy Hallows and Ballers! Hope you're having a real spoopy time. I'm continually terrified. Me too. <gasps> what was that? My stomach. Oh, are you okay? Yeah, I've got terror gas. Oh, that's the worst kind. Yeah, it gives a whole new meaning to the word spoopy. Uh, indeed. But never mind that now. This week we've got an extra special interview with someone we really think you'll love. She's the associate curator for the International Center for the History of Electronic Games at the Strong National Museum of Play, and of course, the Video Game Hall of Fame. <gasps> Which of course included World of Warcraft as one of its first inductees earlier this year. Her name is Shannon Simons and she's amazing, so stay tuned for our interview about the Video Game Hall of Fame at the end of the show. LB Newsline. News you can use, unless you refuse. So, Linkin Park announced as the BlizzCon finale act. What do you think? Well, like our uh, raid team member Understand says, in the end, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> nice one, Understand. I think that's fine. Uh, I'm not going to be there, so whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm sure everybody will have a rockin' good time. Yeah, rock out like it's 2001. Yeah! But yeah, I mean, what? what they've had Metallica in the past, they've had... Didn't Tenacious D Tenacious close D? to it? Yeah. yeah. They should just have Tenacious D every BlizzCon. Wasn't there like rumor of Foo Fighters before or something like that? Because that would have been bitching. It would have been. Ah, oh, well. Yeah, but like, I understand that like, they put this event on for themselves, so to a certain extent I'm sure they're probably thinking in terms of, as long as it's somebody that we kind of like, because we're putting, we're yeah, busting our ass for this whole thing. Yeah, that's what I do and, like, too. I just, I just ask who people, who, who I like. Yeah. So it'd be like Queens of the Stone Age. Egos of Death Metal, Ninja Sex Party, you know, that kind <laughs> yeah, of stuff. totally. Rush. I mean, at least it's always somebody who rocks, at least. Yes. Um, so right now, we are in the midst of time walking. Time walking? Time walking? Wait, when does that end? Uh, Monday night. Monday night? Oh. So, So you've got a few 26th. hours, if you're listening. Yes. When this comes out. Get that time walking, because you get a quest, as usual, and you do five of those wonderful time walking... Wrath of the Lich King Dungeons? Oh, yeah. And quick pro tip. If you forgot to pick up your quest in the garrison, open your adventure guide. Even if you're already in the first one. Yeah, you can Even if you're already it. halfway through the first one, open your adventure guide. One of the first suggestions should be to do that quest for time walking. You can accept it right there and yeah. not have to miss out. So, thank goodness, because yeah. then you don't have to go all the way back to garrison. Or... Take it from somebody who forgets everything. <laughs> yeah, he does. And Hallow's End is still going strong. Yeah. I've got pretty much everything uh, as far as what you can buy f with Tricky Treats, but uh, there's a new toy. It's a little miniature wicker man that you can set on fire everywhere. So I'm working towards that. Uh, I got my Witch's Broom, which is oh, I love that the thing. best mount in-game because you can equip instantly if you're like jumping or running. Yeah. So you can like run off a cliff and mount in the air like a majestic... Quidditch player, and it's beautiful. <laughs> and oh, and there's five dailies every day that uh, you get in your garrison, and they will take you to Shadowmoon Valley. And you kill spoopy skeletons, spoopy pumpkins, 
um, you blow up spoopy barrels of stuff, and you kill <laughs> Captain Bonerender on a ship. I'm not gonna. I'm Seriously, just, I'm just gonna. His just name gonna is Bonerender. Just gonna leave that there. And then you get uh, like spooky tokens, spoopy tokens. I don't remember what they're called, but you get those, and you get five a day. And then you can go back to your garrison and exchange that for decorations, which are awesome. They are. I got so first. I got the. I don't remember what they're called, by the way, but I'm just going to describe them in uh, excellent detail. The first one, there's uh, pumpkins and candles and a giant wicker man that you can burn and a giant spoopy pumpkin. Um, It immediately makes your garrison look like Halloween. There's jack-o'-lanterns everywhere. It's it's the real real deal hollows. hollows It is. I've only done one set of these so far. I've only gotten one of these rewards, and that was the first one I got because I saw fists garrison and it looks amazing it's awesome it's totally worthwhile and uh then i got the halloween costumes for your garrison dudes was that good Eh, uh it just sort of turns them into like people ghosts okay and and like human skeletons yeah so you your garrison gets full of humans yeah i was just hoping that like it would put masks on my garrison followers yeah like that one dude who's walking around with the orc mask on, who's actually a human. <laughs> right. Like that guy. Uh, he's then, so good at fooling. Yeah, he's so great. Then I got um, the... Ben Brode? Brody? I don't remember. I think so, yeah. Oh. Um, and then I got a, a spooky spectral spiders. So there's a bunch of see-through spiders running around everywhere. Just everywhere? They're just all yeah. over the place? Yeah. Then I got the Arakoa Seeker, or Seer. And he sets up shop in your garrison, and he's like doing something weird, and... It makes ghosts, so there's like ghosts flying everywhere. Is he in the place everywhere. of the fireplace or the big bonfire? What? Does the seer go in the place of the big fun- bonfire, or is he somewhere no, else? He's somewhere else. Oh. And then lastly, um, a pandaren witch comes, and she's got this cauldron, and she's got a cat, and it gives you five mysterious brews every day, and it turns five of your uh, group members into little elementals. Nice for a while. Which are pretty creepy looking. Oh, right. Like So that's where you guys got all that stuff for yeah. the guild photo? Yeah. That's we, have, cool. we have a guild photo on, on the Twitter page of us. From the raid up. team, I should yeah, say. from the raid team. But yeah, so I've been having <laughs> so much fun as usual. I love in-game events um, because it just gives you something to do every day and to look forward to and yeah. stuff. So I love the style that they've done with Hollow's yeah, End. me too. It looks so nice. It's ridiculous. They just, they just really nailed the feel of the whole thing. They did. And then, like, as an adult, it's a little bit more, eh, well, it's different um, celebrating You're Halloween. You're not an adult. You're right. I'm not an adult yet, <laughs> but I will be someday. Um, but it's it's different than celebrating Halloween when you're a kid. Just being an adult at Halloween time just kind of sucks some of the magic out of it. You know what I'm saying? Kind of. Well, I'm, what I'm trying to articulate is that having a cool, spooky, fun Halloween in-game is a cool way to express, you know, some of the the joys of Halloween. Gotcha. So. Well, I mean, honestly, I still, if you haven't started this yet, or if you're only just starting out, or maybe you haven't done the dailies yet, and only the Headless Horseman, which I'll get to in a second, <laughs> um, definitely highly suggest the, the Hallows End decor yeah. for your first garrison thing. 
Because it just, honestly, it gives the whole look and feel for the thing. And it did, and it, it, it made me feel like I was more in charge of my garrison. Right. Because it, it looks how I would like it to look. And this is still, this is the suggestion you had yeah. months ago. Yeah. About the whole, we should yeah. have and holiday decor for our garrisons. The, you brought that up ages ago. I did. And the NPC that sells the decorations also has decorations for uh, Wintervale. Right. So that's coming so up So you too. guys are welcome. Is yeah. what she's saying. If everybody thank me, it was totally my idea. Blizzard's clearly listening, you guys. Who knows? Who knows where thoughts come from? They just appear. Yeah. On the internet, everything is So as for the headless horseman, this mofo has yet to drop my dang freaking mouth. I say my dang freaking mount because I know everybody else has had issues. Well, not everybody. I know there are other people out there who have had issues with getting the Headless Horseman mount. Not I me. know plenty of other people, like you, who maybe got another one this year while Oops. we're in the in the group together. You just uh, It just dropped and you just kind of side-eyed me and then tried to keep going like I'm I wouldn't sorry. notice. I can't <sighs> help it if the game favors me. It's not your fault. It might be. But the problem is when Garnch brings it up. Yeah, Which well. is every time we mount around each other, he's got to bring that damn thing up, whether it's Hollow's End or not. Garnch is a bit rude, he's isn't he? He's a jerk. <laughs> speaking of him being a jerk. Yeah, speaking of Garnch being a, a little bit of a jerk, I have a funny story <laughs> that happened this week. I was in a time walking group with Garnch and Mike and our friend Masta. And so that's four out of five. So we had mm-hmm. a pug. Right. And it was this poor, unfortunate mage who was doing really well and like didn't talk very much. It was just like the perfect pug. You're right, because you were tanking, right? Yeah. Garnch was getting a little bit bored, and he said, well, he whispered to us, I'm going to be really, really mean in group chat and get this guy to try and uh, kick me, because he can't, because... So he was trolling. He was, he was, he was trolling. So he starts, like, insulting us, mostly me as the tank, <laughs> like, making fun of people's deeps and all that other stuff, and just being really mean to me in general. Was and, he directing uh, any of this at the... Not, not at him, at That's him, good. but just saying, That's like, good. you know, my back's getting sore, I'm sick of carrying you guys, if we could pick up the deeps, that would be nice, kind of thing. <laughs> okay, so it's a little bit of indirect ribbing, but yeah, so it gets, good. it okay. gets to a head, and uh, I'm in the middle of fighting this huge mob, and um, the poor, confused mage tries to kick Garnch. Um, like, does a vote to kick? Does a vote to kick, <laughs> and the reason was, Lord Jesus. <laughs> This poor guy. And so, of course, we vote no, because Garnch is in our, you know, friend circle. Right. So what's his end game here, though? So uh, we wipe, because I'm laughing so hard oh, I can't no. take. <laughs> <laughs> um, you didn't tell me that part. No, so we wipe, and then we, we run back in, and Garnch is like, I told him what happened, because obviously he doesn't know, and uh, he gets really uh, excited and happy, and... Uh, He's like, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to be super positive now. And so he starts saying in group chat, that's okay, guys. That was a tough pull. We can pull through. <laughs> Great deeps, everyone. Good job. Nice. And all this stuff. And this poor mage. Like, kudos to him. He stuck it out. Yeah. Even though, I mean, he probably blocked Garnch at this point, but. I mean, it's definitely not. If you play this game for any length, if you play any game for any length of time, you're going to run into the trolls. Yeah. So <laughs> I hope he didn't block him, though. I hope he got to see. Like if you're gonna Maybe, get trolled, but he didn't say seeing somebody else like after that. I know, but seeing somebody like quote unquote troll you with like by killing you with kindness kind of thing yeah. is way is a way better troll to you know. I guess, run into. but I just but yeah, he probably did just block. Yeah, him. I just wanted to highlight that. It just 
as an example of what people shouldn't do. So, Mage, I don't remember your name, but if you're out there, if this sounds familiar, I'm really sorry, but we just had a little fun at your expense. Well, it did sound fun. I feel like that's the kind of trolling that's, you know, kind of all, all in good fun. Especially, yeah. the worst trolling is the stuff that's, you know, kind of directed at an individual, picking on somebody really hard, yeah. singling them out. Um, at least there was none yeah, of that. We wouldn't do that, yeah. but yeah, it was pretty funny. Now it's time to talk about Heroes of the Storm, because we know you can't stop talking about it either. Alright, so the Heroes World um, International BlizzCon Finals teams have been announced. Is there that the th official name of that? No, it, no. <laughs> it's the Blizzard uh, World Championship. Okay. Heroes of the Storm, Road to BlizzCon. On the road to BlizzCon. World Champ Championship. And it really is World Championship because this was... These are all the Warcraft. finalists from <laughs> from all of the regions throughout the world. Um, so there's two groups. Group A is Cloud9, that's North America. Team YL, Team Dignitas, and Laji GIA. Uh, group B is Team DK, Nadis Vinceri, and Braveheart, and Temple Storm. Uh, if you're not familiar with Nadis Vinceri, they're usually referred to as Navi. Um, but congratulations to all eight teams. Uh, we wish you all the best. Um, yeah. Have have many good matches. Yeah, good luck, guys. We will be watching and rooting, um, especially for NA. <coughs> NA. Yeah. Uh, go NA. <coughs> Kick everybody's butt. <laughs> go NA. Woo. Uh, in other news, uh, Heroes of the Storm is actually also having a Hallows End event. <gasps> Spoopy cross games. Yeah. So I can stop complaining about not getting the hero the. Um, Headless, Horseman Headless Horseman Mount, thank you, in World of Warcraft, and go get the damn thing in Heroes of the Storm. And it looks pretty cool. Um, there's a just Buccaneer. Just watch you won't get it. No. <laughs> don't say that. You just you yeah. just jinxed yourself. Right, because I don't know how you're supposed to get it yet. So you're not going to get it. I shouldn't have said that. But yeah, there's a Headless Horseman Charger Mount, um, which, you know, the Charger Mounts have been the same um, basic. You're basic. <laughs> what do you call them basic? You know that's a sore spot for me. You're right. I'm sorry. Let me just take a drink of this yeah, delicious latte. Break. latte. <laughs> is it pumpkin spice? Oh, it's good pumpkin. <laughs> mm. uh, what are you saying? There's also a week-long bonus XP event um, that starts on October 27th and goes until November 3rd. Uh, and all ga and um, games played that works award XP will grant an additional 50% Sweet. in all regions, which is cool. And then if you win 25 games during the Hallows End event, uh, you earn the new Jack-O-Lantern portrait, Ooh, which looks pretty spoopy. sweet. It is spoopy. And it looks pretty cool. So, um, yeah. It's uh, it's it's really cool. Um, they've done a lot of, of fun events so far. Well, not a lot, but they've done a few fun events. Well, they have not a, good, a lot. I mean, <laughs> I, I said a lot, and it's not a lot. Um, they've done a few. They have a really good styling uh, in the game for it. Um, and there's a... Uh, if you look at the... Sh the Link in the show notes, you'll, you'll see that they have some nice stylings for um, some at least one of the maps, and I, I don't know if they're going to extend that to some of the other models or what, but we'll see. Cool. Cheers, love. It's Overwatch news. Oh, so this is really, really interesting and kind of um, interesting. <laughs> I couldn't think is of it an... interesting though? Yes, but I couldn't think of another adjective. <laughs> Usually I can think of tons of adje ad adjectives. Okay. <sighs> Way too much latte tonight. Blizzard testing in-game voice chat for Overwatch beta. So what does that mean? So that means 
we might actually have like a Blizzard brand voice program. Oh, so we don't have to use like Ventrilo or Mumble or something like that? Or TeamSpeak. I mean, maybe not. Right, okay, well, so this is, so to be fair, this is for the beta. Yeah. Only. And they're just testing it, so yeah. we'll see. Because anybody who's ever tried the Warcraft in-game voice... It doesn't exist! It's not a thing! I don't know why it's still there, because the darn it's thing... It's not a thing! ...does not freaking work. It doesn't work! It just might as well not even be there. Anyway, um, obviously they've come a long way since then. There's lots of models yes. on which to use as a base and improve. And but so, you should just buy TeamSpeak. I really was wondering how they were going to do this, because um, the stream of the, the live gameplay that they did at the beta announcement. That was really cool. They were all in comms together. Like, the two streamers were in comms with all the Yeah, games. they were. Like, obviously, they were using comms, like, obviously uh, for a first-person shooter of that, like, magnitude and intensity. Like, you have to be in constant yeah. contact. Very you clear. can't type while you're doing Plus, that. Plus, there's six people on the team. Yeah. So. Pretty much mandatory. Yeah. I mean, it's it's barely, you can barely get by in a well-structured raid in WoW without... Right. Speak or whatever. It's just a pain, but yeah. It's part of the reason I type so fast, I think. Probably. I mean, <laughs> but yeah. So that's exciting. Um, obviously, it's going to be something that they're going to have streamlined and, and work really well. If, of course. If it works out and they bring it forth to the. Unless like game. Blizzard comms is like cursed, and it will just never work. Mm, it is Hell's End. <laughs> 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 How fitting would that be? Right. Was that your evil laugh? I don't know. <laughs> um, Try okay. it again. <laughs> was that it, really? I don't, I don't think Come I've on, ever... an evil laugh. <clears throat> Sorry. Okay. <laughs> I'm shaking in my little face, please. <laughs> Jesus. So, uh, the Overwatch beta drops October 27th. Right. That's today. That's this week. It's this week, depending on, depending on what day. If you're listening on the 27th. It's right. today! <laughs> Future us! If you're listening on the 28th, <laughs> it was yesterday! Oh, but, yeah. So watch your email, see if you've been invited, and then our advice is, even if you do get an invitation email, don't click anything. Remember, guys, anybody involved with any of the betas for any games for any of the big gaming programs people try to spam you yeah. they try to fish you do not click anything in your email even if it looks official from blizzard just close that go to battle.net log into your official account and look in the game section if yeah. if overwatch beta is listed there then you have actually been invited and you can do it all through there where it's trusted where you know it where you're signed in yeah don't click anything don't just don't do it never do it be safe and never give anybody your password yeah Blizzard will never ask for your password. That's right. Ever. The, so. the GMs in game will make terrible jokes. Yep. And be super nice to you, but they will never ask for your password. Never. <laughs> I love those guys. Yeah, me too. Um, but yeah, good luck to everybody. Hopefully, getting into the beta if that's what you're shooting for. Good luck to mostly me. And good luck to mostly Tess. I think it's time for some motherfucking shout outs. Shout outs, yay, yay. Firstly, a shout out to all the gnomes, all the 2,000. 454 plus gnomes. That's amazing. That's a lot of gnomes that participated in the running of the gnomes this year. They raised over $3,000 for cancer research and put a hugely positive spin on our Warcraft community. Absolutely. Well done, everybody. Um, and a related shout out goes to at Tidget Gnome, 
who was quite upset last week when she heard me bad-mouthing gnomes. <laughs> That's uh, me, I guess. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> at Gnome Class and at Gnomerin Forever, who informed me that gnome haters make the best tread ge- grease for mechano peeps. <laughs> which could be true. I don't know. But let me just say that I may have predisposed feelings towards Alliance classes, being horrid for life on a PvP server. Fair enough. But I will certainly try to remember that not all Alliance members are bad. Especially today when a buttload of little pink gnomes raised so much money for charity. Yes, absolutely. Can we stop and give them a round of applause? Yeah. Woo! Nicely done, gnomes. Good job, guys. Yeah, so we've got some other shout-outs from Twitter this week. Nice. Um, our very lovely, wonderful, amazing, mystical friend, Mystical OS, at Mystical OS, says, uh, Lagging balls, it's your fault the WoW servers are lagging balls tonight. That wasn't a nice note. That's a nice note. Dang it, Mystical! <laughs> uh, RosieBear77 uh, gave us a follow Friday. She says, Lagging Balls Podcast, if you want some light-hearted, foul-mouthed banter about WoW, uh, Arctics and Thornbow will not disappoint. Aww. Thank you. Thanks, Rudy Bear. You're the best. Should I change my Twitter name? Arctics03 doesn't really have anything to do with me, does it? Hmm. The name Fist is already taken. How dare you? I know, and it's not even an account that's being used. Oh, maybe we can get it online. Maybe I could. If you have any ideas about what my what my Twitter name should be, please hit me up. Like, fist in the bathroom, or fist <laughs> on the floor, or fist next to the toilet, or toilet fist, or garbage mouth fist. Or... Can you stop? <laughs> if you have any ideas, send them my way. Wheel Eater 666. I know Friday. that guy. Yes. Shout out, Guild Love. I uh, follow Friday, um, us and some of his friends, uh, and the guild. Yeah. Thanks for that, man. Much appreciated. Yeah. At Rel Wow, uh, gave us a, a little bit of love, saying he loves us. Sagging balls. <laughs> Why does everybody call us sagging balls? It's lagging balls. Our balls are really perky. Hairy. Um, <laughs> but uh, Rel Wow actually has a new podcast. Uh, All right. I believe they're on episode three. Congratulations. Yeah, I'm really enjoying it. It's called The Grumpy nice. Druids. So you can follow them on Twitter at Grumpy Druids. And I, uh, they're on uh, iTunes. I know they're on iTunes because that's how I listen to them. Yeah, I think they're just waiting on Stitcher because Stitcher's kind of slow. Yeah. But uh, it works out. Nicely done. Congratulations. Yeah, congrats, guys. Keep it up. You have two new fans? We're fans. We like your show real good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, stop mouth breather. Bye. Uh, at Zirkin the Tank. If your balls aren't lagging with lagging balls, you're not doing it right. That's true. Well put. Very well put. Fuck Bupak. Fuck Bupak. Gave us a, a follow Friday as well. We really appreciate the follow Fridays, yeah. guys. Um, I'm the one who does the follow Fridays mostly. I'm not good at it. Um, I, just, I think I'm just, you're just fine at it. No, no, no. I'm not good at it. It's really hard for me to do because I, I forget immediately who I've already done. So oh, right. if you experience any repeats from us uh, or if I completely miss you for some reason, I'm really sorry. I'm just, I'm not adept at it yet, but hopefully I will get better at that. And a shout out to at Hey Juden, who joined our guild, Blood of the Scribe, on Boulderfist US because of the show. Nice. Welcome. Right. And she's the second person to do that. Um, it was great running Time Walking Dungeons with you, um, and, uh... I hear she was a good tank. She's great. She's amazing. Nice. Um, and it was really great to get to know you. Um, and I hear I'm... she's, uh, pretty good at PvP, too. Yeah. Nice. Real good. That's we awesome. don't, we don't come across good PvPers often, um, well, but... Well, we know a few. Not us. Certainly not us. 
Go ahead, Dan Hype. Shout out, Dan Hype. But on that note, anyone <laughs> who needs a guild is welcome, and we're always happy to have listeners join us. So. Absolutely. Welcome. Glad to have you guys. Yeah. And our Twitter followers reached 700 last week. So thank you all. Thank you, 700 yes. people. Spectacular. Wow. Thank you so much. We will try to continue to post things that are nice to look at. Like balls of pasta. <laughs> pasta ball? Well, uh, I was going to say like nice save, but that made no sense. of dough. Okay. Like balls. What are you talking about? I was trying like to think of other balls. Like you're I just couldn't. staring at me. <laughs> I couldn't think of other balls. Examples. Okay. <laughs> that's that's I did, fantastic. I did not come prepared for this statement. No, you did not. Listener feedback time. Because the more you write, the less we have to. Thanks. Say elsewhere. He's got another thing. He sent it to us via Gmail. It was awesome. This rap doesn't run because I suck at rapping, but He's it's so cool. I know. <laughs> Too small town Canada for being hip. Oh, I love you, Canada. Did the kids say That's hip great. still? Oh, speaking of Canada, <laughs> a shout out to my Canadian brothers and sisters. You know what happened last week. Good job, everybody. Good job. We did it. Hmm? Go liberals. No. Right on. Yeah, try not to get too political on this podcast. No, but, but congratulations to Justin Trudeau. We the new did prime it. minister. The new prime minister. That's just straight up news. Just, just Google that. Justin Trudeau boxing or Justin Trudeau tattoo or Justin Trudeau topless. <laughs> You'll get the idea. Justin Trudeau back to the future. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff. He seems like a really cool guy and I'm, I'm happy for you. Especially He's... given the family legacy involved. Exactly. Very cool. Very congratulations. Cool. Good job, Canada. But uh, back to St. Elsewhere, he's sent us another question, and we love having your questions on our show, St. Elsewhere. Yeah. Thank you so much for continuing to do like that. It's becoming like your own little segment. I like Absolutely. it. Absolutely. I would feel like this show was missing a huge chunk of something if you didn't do it, so uh, I don't know if we thank you enough, but we really appreciate it. Yeah, keep it up, man. Thank you. And uh, here's the clip. Roll the clip. Roll it! Roll it! Hey guys, I see that uh, Valor Points are coming back for 6.2.3. Just a quick question, because I know you guys have an active raid team. I have heard people on forums piss and moan, saying that they wish they didn't have to go into LFR to get Valor Points, that they could get Valor Points with their regular raid team. I just want to know, from your perspective, do you find that soul-crushing like so many other people? Okay, so soul-crushing? I would... I would use that phrase. Yeah. Um, I have not, and I'm, I'm not, I'm being like completely factual when I say that I have not done LFR since Highmall was relevant. Right? Because that's when we were first gearing up for raiding. Yeah. And we were doing it to try and yeah. bolster all that effort. Yeah. Luckily for us, we've had a fairly consistent raiding team and schedule since Highmall. And, uh... Yeah, fairly consistent. We've just, we've just complained a lot when we've not had full team members, but we've been, we've been in a very good place for the past few months. We're very we lucky have. about that. And Shout out to the team. You guys yeah, rock. thanks guys. Thanks for keeping us out of LFR, but we are, we haven't done LFR in a really long time, and I'd like to keep it that way, but it looks yeah. like... Yeah. Looks like that won't be possible. Well, okay. So, All right, so point counterpoint, right? FML. I don't, I don't necessarily want to do LFR either, mm-hmm. um, but... 
uh, San Elsewhere also posted a nice um, comment on one of the videos about it, just bringing up the fact that nobody who wants to reach a goal in the game wants to be made to have to do these extra things because there's a completionist aspect to the game where if you have access to get more of a given currency or resource by doing these extra things, you're pretty much going to go do those extra things and you're going to feel like you kind of have to. Yeah. And nobody wants to be made to feel that way. Now, nobody's really making you feel that way. You you have to understand that's an yes, internal thing no. that you're, you're, you're bringing upon yourself. That is an internal thing. It's a personal choice. But there's also the mindset that if it's available, you are not maximizing your experience or your opportunity to reach X goal if you're not doing every last thing that's involved in getting that. Now, doing an LFR, I think it's, what is it, the first LFR that you finish of the week? Yeah. Gives you valor yeah. uh, um, points. So, like, you don't necessarily have to do that. You're, you're only going to miss out on a few if you don't do that. So if you don't, if that's not your thing, don't do it. It's, it's not going to take that much longer to reach where you're trying to get. So I don't feel like it's that big a deal. Or is it? But I, I've also not <laughs> one of been, I've not ever been one of those people who just like really push myself to have to do every last No, you haven't thing. been. I do though. So, yeah. so you know what? It'll be fine. It's a good um, question. Yeah, it's a really good question. In the end, like you're going to do what you need to do to perform the way you want to perform. And if you're in, in a raid... Uh, team with a set schedule like you're gonna have to do whatever you can to stay relevant and stay useful right. in that team if you really care about it so you know in the end LFR isn't that bad we can do it just do it whatever grab your friends yeah. everything's better with friends um, come and join our guild on Boulderfist US uh, like St. Elsewhere has and um, yeah we, we might expand, expand the raid team we might start a second raid team so maybe we'll start an LFR team there's opportunity oh absolutely it's so much better to go with a big group oh that would be great just every week at a set time we'll all get online we'll all get onto TeamSpeak and we'll all do LFR together and it'll be funny yep we'll just make it hilarious so and also say elsewhere killer background music bro yeah nice choice you just keep knocking that out of the park thank you Um, and last week you asked uh, two questions of us in Three things we loved about Draenor, and what role would your favorite actor voice in WoW? Um, and we asked the listeners what they thought. Indeed. And we got some uh, some feedback. So Mike from Stopcast. Shout out Stopcast. The Stopcast podcast. I love those guys. Yeah, they're pretty funny. They're the best. Check out <laughs> Stopcast. It's amazing. Definitely. Um, but he said, three things I love about Draenor. One, flying. Two, that is nearly finished. And there's nothing else. Freaking Mike. Uh, such a ray of sunshine, that guy. You jerk. <laughs> We're trying to be positive here, Mike. <laughs> okay. Um, Chad Glunt at Wargus underscore A52 says that he likes the leveling experience, challenging raids, and the gold I earn in my garrison. Yeah, that's good answers. That is a good answer. Yeah. And he said, thank you, because that's exactly what we said on Twitter. Good answer. Uh, he says, thank you. They're actually two, three, and four, because I didn't want anybody to know that number one... ERP with uh, Vivian and his garrison. Oof, wow. One, so. Ooh, wow, hey. 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 You're the boss in your garrison. Hey, you do whatever you want. Right. Whatever you want. Followers indeed. Um, Ned Rowan at Edor... Sorry, Edor Ralph 93 says, James Earl Jones as a Tauren. Maybe Mom. Ooh, good choice. Ooh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, that's a really good choice. Fossa. And St. Elsewhere says... 
Clint Eastwood as Archmage, Archmage Cadgar. <laughs> Very nice. Would that would awesome. definitely mix it up a lot. Totally. The three things he likes is that players did not replace hard-earned raid gear in the first two or three or four questing zones. Yeah. Which was great. Good call. Absolutely. Absolutely good call. Very smooth. Uh, the second one was that the artwork was effing great. Uh, for example, Shadow Moon Valley. Definitely. And number three was no dang PvP necessary to get my legendary ring. Good call. That's those are, uh, yeah. Because you had you had to do that for the cloak, right? Yeah. That's right. So wow, that was an interesting time. Really, really great <laughs> answers. I agree with all three of those. So thank you everybody for your input. And, and thank yeah, and feel free to let us know what you think about um, the valor points being reinstated. Yes, please. And thank you, Sandals, for again. Hey gang, we need your help. We're tagging this shitbox as a community-focused podcast, but so far it's just been us talking shit. We need you to give us stuff. Delicious content, like questions, topics to cover, content segments, guild stories, emails, and disputes that need settling. We'll even get some shoutouts and accept your own podcast commercials for promotion. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Please. Thanks again for dinner. It was fairly delicious. Thanks. I don't know why I invite you over. Well, goodbye. Make sure you lock up tight after I leave. Why? You gonna try to get back in? No. I mean, you better watch out for Pepe. What's Pepe? Apparently he's on the loose. He likes to sit on your head and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, thanks. Bye. God, what a moron. Wow, it's really coming down out there. Oh, crap. The power went out. Better light this candle. Uh-oh. I think the windows upstairs are open. Better go close them. Gee, these stairs sure are creaky. What's that? Oh, it was probably lightning. But that doesn't sound like lightning. Better open the bedroom door to close the window. <gasps> oh, duh. That's just my reflection in the mirror. But wait. Did I see something on my head? Oh no! The wind blew the candle out! I'm in total darkness! Better feel around for some matches. Hmm, I know they're here somewhere. <gasps> What's that sound? Aha! Here they are. I'll just light these and... Oh god! My reflection! What's in my head? trying to get the Headless Horseman's mount for eight years. Eight years. I would literally sell my soul for that mount. That can be Wow, Satan, is that you? Yes, mortal. I am the Prince of Darkness, and I can provide the mount you desire in return for your soul. Done and done. Yes! You have surrendered your soul to the devil. Now defeat the Headless Horseman, and you shall find the prize you seek. <laughs> Alrighty. I am so ready for this. This end have I reached before. What new adventure lies in store? Loot-filled pumpkin, give me something good. Male no mask. Tricky treats. But, but where's my mount? No! No! Foolish mortal! Don't you know the Headless Horseman mount will never drop? 
Good luck next year, and see you in hell. <laughs> hey, Fist, what are you doing? Oh, hey, Thorn. I am just updating my DBM before I log on to the World of Warcraft. Gee, that looks easy. Yeah, and I'm already done. That's crazy. DBM is so helpful and free. What can I do to support this awesome thing? Well, you can visit the DBM forums on elitistjerks.com or even donate a little cash money. Either way, just keeping your DBM updated helps a bunch. Wow, I can do those things. We all can. And be sure to follow DBM dev MysticalOS on Twitter, at MysticalOS. And now, our special interview with Shannon Simons of the Video Game Hall of Fame. Enjoy. Welcome, ballers. This week we have something special for you, an interview with Shannon Simons, Associate Curator of the International Center for the History of Electronic Games at The Strong. Welcome, Shannon. Hi, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. We're so glad you're here. So very excited to talk to you. Thanks. So, Shannon, we... um have been connected to you because you work with The Strong. Um, if you wouldn't mind, give our listeners a little background on what The Strong is. Sure. So The Strong is a family-oriented history museum. Um, we were founded by Margaret Woodbury Strong, who is a Rochester native. Um, she had a very colorful background. She traveled a lot, and when she was a child, her parents would offer to buy her objects uh, wherever they were. They would give her a bag, and they would buy her whatever she could fill with it. And the story goes that uh, being the intelligent person that she was, even as a child, she discovered that the smaller the objects were, the more things she could fit in the bag, and the more objects she'd get. And that's how she started collecting doll house furniture and dolls, because they were small. So, Interesting. Um, so we actually started um, with her collection as a um, doll and dollhouse related, um, but it grew from there. And uh, when she passed on, she had accumulated um, an entire houseful of of objects, and she left in her will that she wanted to create a museum of fascination, whatever that meant. Uh, <laughs> so we tried, a, we tried a couple different things, um, but we decided we decided that the best way that we felt to honor Margaret's legacy was to become a museum of play, and uh, that's our current mission. So we have over four hundred thousand play-related objects in our collection right wow. now. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, and we have, um, as a part of that, our International Center for the History of Electronic Games, which currently stands at about uh, 55,000 objects. Uh, that includes games, uh, merchandise, archival material, basically everything related to gaming that you can think of within that number. That's, Let me that's clarify, that's 55,000 pieces specifically related to the history of electronic games in particular. Yes, that's correct. That is insane. <laughs> yes, we're very, um, we're, we're very uh, grateful to have a community, um, the, the gaming community in general that supports us through donations, and um, we're just so happy to be able to have this located 
um, alongside the other forms of play uh, with Margaret's collection because we feel like really it's, it's just another extension. It's another way people play and we feel like um, this is the best place for iChug to be located and we're so happy uh, that we can offer that to our guests. And you guys, when you when you talk about your location, you're speaking of the Rochester, um, New York location of the museum itself. Yeah. Correct? Yeah, the museum is located in Rochester, New York. Excellent. So uh, any New York area listeners, if you're not already aware, get aware very fast and get there soon. Yeah. And um, yeah. doesn't live around there and is planning to go on an amazing trip. So. Oh, Indeed. yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> Shannon, your your um, uh, the the reason we ended up um, connecting with the Strong and the International Center for the History of Electronic Games um, is mostly because we found our way here through the Video Game Hall of Fame. Now, if you wouldn't mind, would you fill us in a little bit on what that entails? Sure. So um, the museum is already host to uh, the National Toy Hall of Fame which inducts uh, new toys every year, usually two or three toys. And um, the, the Game Boy and Atari 2600 are actually part of the General Toy Hall of Fame. But we decided that um, video games and electronic gaming needed it, their own sort of recognition and their own Hall of Fame. So, uh, so this is our inaugural year, and we inducted six games into the first class. And those were uh, Pong, which is considered, you know, sort of the grandfather of video games. Uh, the, the very first, when, when people think about what's the first video game, that's one of the ones that comes to mind. Absolutely. So there was, um, there was Pong, uh, Pac-Man, which of course everyone everyone knows Pac-Man. That was um, gigantic in terms of getting marketing um, into into video games. Um, we have. Super Mario Brothers, which of course is probably the um, the icon of, of video game history. Everyone knows Mario, whether they play uh, yeah. or not. Absolutely. Um, we have Tetris, which is sort of uh, the the quintessential puzzle game. It sort of launched its own its own genre. Um, and then we have Doom, who represents uh, sort of the classic first person shooter. And of course, um, for you guys, probably the most important, our final was World of Warcraft. Yay! <laughs> our community just exploded when it found out that WoW was going to be in the Video Game Hall of Fame. Our favorite game <laughs> in the Video yep. Game Hall of Fame. It was amazing. Well, and it, it's that kind of reaction that was one of the reasons why we decided to, to go with World of Warcraft because we know that the fan base is so passionate and we really, we love getting people excited. We, we love getting people um, to interact and um, we just had such a very positive reaction with the whole thing in general, but definitely um, with, the, with the WoW community and um, just the the passion that that the fans have, we're just so excited to be able to tap into that for for the Hall of Fame. Shannon, I'm curious, where did the idea for the Video Game Hall of Fame come from? Well, part of it, um, as I said, sort of was a spinoff of of our National Toy Hall of Fame. 
but it was also just something that we felt, um, you know, being being the, the international center for the history of electronic games, we felt like it was something that we needed to do kind of highlight um, the, the games throughout, throughout history. Um, I mean, all games are significant in their own way, but we felt like it was a really good way to sort of draw attention to iTech in general, but also um, just to, to highlight history as, as we go through. Um, as you can sort of tell from our um, inaugural class, we really tried to get um, not only, obviously, very influential games, but we tried to do a cross-section um, literally across history and just sort of highlight all the different eras and show the development of gaming in general. You know, going from Pong to WoW is um, huge in terms of, of gaming development. And we just Amazing. really want to, uh, to highlight that. Well, we appreciate that. <laughs> so Shannon, correct me if I'm wrong, but your title at the museum is the Associate Curator for the International Center for the History of Electronic Games at the Strong National Museum of Play. Is that right? It's, it's a pretty big mouthful, but yes, that's correct. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, would you mind shedding some light on your position at the museum? Because we basically consider you the Indiana Jones of video game museum curation oh. at this point. Oh, well, thank you. That's um, probably one of the best compliments I've ever gotten to be compared to uh-huh. <laughs> Um Yeah, so uh, basically, I I was lucky. Um, I have a master's in history. Um, I concentrated in Asian studies, which um, it turned out to be useful in ways I never really imagined because with there being such um, a, a large amount of Japanese games in our collection. It's been a wonderful way to, for me to use my degree, like I said, in unexpected ways. Oh, wow. um, but um, so I actually started as a and then a, a grant funded position opened up in the curatorial department. And basically, what it was was um, prior to, to my arrival, uh, the, um, the curators had been cataloging um, their own artifacts. Um, as they got them, but we started acquiring so many objects. I mean, a, a traditional art museum might only get um, 100 pieces a year, and we get thousands. Oh, wow. Um, we, um, I think the highest amount uh, since I've been there was one year when, when we um, acquired over 10,000 objects in one year. Oh. And there was simply no, no way to keep up with it. So they had, um, they acquired a grant, and uh, that position was a cataloger, and that was it. It was basically the curators acquired things, and um, that position, which I was um, fortunate enough to um, to land, um, that's basically what I did, was I just cataloged everything across the spectrum. I cataloged, my very first cataloging project, um, I remember very distinctly, was 2000 Yo-Yos. Um, <laughs> yeah. What a job! So, yes, <laughs> yes. So, um, so that's what I did. Real briefly, for... um, how many yo-yo types can you can you name? Uh, how many yo? There's a round <laughs> one. I can yes. think of what Duncan. I remember that as a brand of yo-yo. What, I know yep, I remember Duncan. one brand of yo-yo, but not any of the variations. I can't imagine how many there were. 
Yeah, yeah, there were um, there were a lot, and um, in fact, there were even some video game yo-yos in there. I remember there was um, a Nintendo branded one. It was a double sided. One had Mario and one had Link. Oh, that's so, cool. <laughs> so, um, so that's what I did um, for. That was a two-year position, and um, that's what I did. Was I just cataloged um, basically every single toy that you can think of. Um, I did, like I said, I did the yo-yos. There were dolls. There were construction toys, Legos, Barbies, um, basically everything. During those two months, um, we started, at the time, was the National Center for the History of Electronic Games, NJEG. And um, that happened to be the, the collection that was growing the most in um, the two years that I was there. So it ended up that even though I was cataloging across the board, um, it started doing more and more and more electronic gaming. And by the time my two years were up, I pretty much transitioned to cataloging 80 or 90 percent basically electronic gaming. And um, they said, you know, we're still acquiring things at this alarming rate, and now we have this, um, this center which transitioned from national to international, and we just really um, we need to make this a full-time position. So again, right place, right time. Um, I was lucky to do that. And um, so that's how um, I board with board with that. And um, it was actually just this year that um, they uh, promoted me to associate curator, which I was extremely thrilled about. Congratulations! And, um, thank you. And um, and that's kind of what I've been doing now. So um, since then, you know, I've been um, working with the World Video Game Hall of Fame. Um, I set up my very first um, display, which was Blizzard themed, and uh, it's just it's, it's oh my a God. wonderful experience. Yeah, <laughs> we're we're fanboying and fangirling out like crazy over here. Yeah, I know. It's it's <laughs> I mean, I can people say it all the time, but I think I can like actually really say that I have the best job ever. I mean, really. I agree. <laughs> I agree. I'm so jelly. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> many. That's spectacular. Uh, we appreciate you walking us through that. To, uh, I mean, it, it's interesting because uh, many of our listeners are kind of intrinsically interested in video games from um, an understandably nostalgic perspective. Uh, but you are embedded in the industry from a mura- uh, museum curation, uh, preservation, and education perspective. Uh, so we just we want you to know how incredibly cool and encouraging it is to see that there's more you can do in gaming than going directly into the gaming industry. Yeah, no, and it's really, and it's something that we really do want to highlight to people because so often um, we get people who come to the museum and they don't understand why video games are in there, especially games like games like World of Warcraft, because the traditional idea of a museum is that the things that are in there are number one old, and we always say to people, you know, if you're in a museum, you don't have to be old; you just have to be historically significant, and. Yep. Everyone has varying definitions of what that is, but um, we see play as something that is so valuable to human history in general, and electronic gaming is simply the most recent version of that, and we feel that it's, it's worthy of preservation as much as any other form of play. And even though we go about it differently, and even though it's more modern in terms of 
all the digital preservation that we have to do, we feel that it's still so significant. And and you're right, a lot of people don't don't realize that aspect of different ways that you can be in the video game industry. People don't necessarily think about the preservation aspect. They think about the developing um, and things like that. So we're we're really excited, and we hope that this gets the message out that preservation really is a big deal and. Um, especially for the older magnetic media, you know, we, we really run borrowed time as it is. So um, the more people who are working on it, the better. Very interesting. Do you have to have uh, specialized, like, static-free environment type things for working with that kind of media? We, we, we have special, I mean, our, our collection areas are controlled in terms of, like, temperature and humidity and things like that. We, so far, we're not doing anything very specific to the electronic media that we're not doing for everything else because the conditions sort of have to be ideal for everything. Um, but a lot of times when we get uh, donations, they're not necessarily in the best of shape because they have been storing people sure. in addicts and things like that. So um, we do have people on staff, conservators and the like who um, do their best to sort of repair them as best as they can. Gotcha. Well, we're glad that you're not relegated to a hazmat suit 20 <laughs> feet underground under layers of concrete in order to handle these things uh, and that you yeah. actually, actually can see some daylight. So, excellent. Um, would you, uh, understanding that you're speaking directly to the proverbial choir here, <laughs> would you mind shedding some light on World of Warcraft's induction into the Video Game Hall of Fame, um, starting with the reason it was chosen? Sure. So, number one, all of the games that uh, were selected, um, we, we had an advisory committee of uh, video game journalists and other people, historians, people in the industry, and um, we also had a nomination process for the public. So, those two groups um, did help um, inform our decision in, in terms of helping us pick the finalists. The main reason why we chose World of Warcraft to, to go alongside the other five is because MMOs in general are such a unique form of playing. And since we are the museum of play, we really wanted to get at that, that multiplayer feel. And, and not just a multiplayer, but that massive multiplayer feel. The idea that um, you can make friendships across not only across the country, but across the globe, where you can be interacting with people that you would absolutely in no other way ever come in contact with. You're playing in a format that allows you to sort of be with, with people. Like, there's there's no other way to sort of capture the idea of going on, you know, a, a raid with your entire guild. That's a totally different experience from having, you know, sort of a, a, a house party. And, and playing, you know, Mario Kart, which is totally fun, and, and I'm not really Mario Kart, <laughs> I love it. But it's just the experience is <laughs> so different. And we really, really wanted to get at that very unique aspect of play. And when, obviously, there are other MMOs out there, and there were ones that came before, um, you know, there was Ultima, and there was Quest, um, and there were ones that came after. Um, I'm personally of Final Fantasy Eleven, that was my first MMO. But nice. when <laughs> but when you when you really get to the heart of what made MMOs 
explode, especially, um, you know, in the U.S. It had to be World of Warcraft. You know, it's um, the, the popularity and the, the name recognition. It, it's sort of in its, in its own genre. It's, it's sort of the, the Mario of MMOs. People who aren't necessarily gamers have heard of World of Warcraft. And that's a recognition that not every game can claim. So those those were the, the main sort of reasons we, we went for it. And on a little bit of a deeper note, um, the other reason why we, we wanted to look at it was because um, we're, we're very into um, all-inclusive play at the museum. We, we always make sure that there are ways for people to play no matter how they learn, no matter um, what any disabilities that they might have. And we see that a lot in, in MMOs in general, where people who may have um, social anxieties or things like that they may not feel comfortable interacting with people for whatever reason, face-to-face, um, much more comfortable over a computer, and it gives them that sense of community that they might otherwise have. And that was something that really resonated with a lot of people. That makes a lot of sense. Thank you, thank you for running through the, the reasoning behind that. Uh, Fist and I admittedly were sitting here grinning like a couple of fools, just loving hearing every last piece of that. Yeah, we can definitely relate to all of that and uh, it's incredibly validating. Um, but um, we understand that the Strong recently received a large collection of WoW items from a former Warcraft executive. Uh, can you tell us anything about that? Yes, we did. Um, we um, a very generous donation from a gentleman named Paul Sam. He was the former chief operating officer of Media Entertainment. And um, the donation includes games, um, costumes, um, mugs, pins, action figures. Oh, so many action figures. They're wonderful. <laughs> and music and mouse pads. And basically, if there was no memorabilia for it, uh, we basically got examples of it, and wow. that covered Blizzard's main series, so um, Warcraft in general and World of Warcraft, um, Diablo, Starcraft, and um, even from a historical perspective, uh, something that really thrilled us was um, a few of their original games back when Blizzard was just getting started as uh, Silicon and Synapse, some of their original Nice. Games. Yeah. So um, it's a it's a wonderful donation. Um, I'm actually currently cataloging it right now. Um, but there is a display up. Um, that was the one that I mentioned. My very first display that I worked on. Yay! Or well, that I, I set up completely. And that um, for for anyone who is visiting the museum and wants to get uh, a glimpse, a very small piece of the donation, uh, you can see that on display through uh, beginning of January, so check that Excellent. out. Excellent. Get out there and see this first display. Uh, what a great first display to be working on. Yeah, it was, it was really wonderful. Um, aside from that one, are there any other particularly notable exhibits that uh, people should head out to the Strong to see, uh, especially for any of our New York area listeners or anyone heading that direction? Uh, yes, actually, we um, were just opening um, a new exhibit, um, actual opening exhibit, uh, Saturday, and um, it's celebrating 30 years of the Nintendo Entertainment System. And uh, that, that is really awesome. We have a giant projector with the original Super Mario Brothers game with a controller that's about something like three feet long. It's, it's a 
gigantic replica controller. And um, it is that so is fun. <laughs> that sounds <laughs> amazing. So yeah, it's a lot of fun. And um, there are some objects in there too that were donated directly to the Museum of America, um, which we were very excited with. We partnered with a university in Kyoto, Nikon University, who actually has on their staff Masuzi Wemura, who was the developer of the Nintendo Famicom, which turned into the NES. Wow. And he actually came out to visit this past week to sort of christen the exhibit, and we were so thrilled to have him there. That's an amazing way to christen the exhibit. It sounds like you guys are doing everything in all the right ways there. Yeah, I sure hope so. Um, we're certainly we're certainly getting um, lots of amazing contacts, and we're just so thankful to have so many people who are willing to help us with um, with our preservation efforts. It's really it really is a team effort, and we're so grateful for that. Well, speaking from a gamer, well, fan of gaming standpoint, uh, just the preservation of all these things that we love and we're so passionate about, it feels really great because it's like a final validation to everybody who doesn't quite understand how passionate we actually are about gaming and perhaps doesn't see it as a legitimate uh, pastime or playtime. Um, so just, just the fact that there's a museum dedicated to all these things that we enjoy and make us happy, it's so validating and it's so wonderful and we just really appreciate it, appreciate all your work. Oh, well, we'd love hearing that because that's really, I mean, we, we want to educate and we want to, um, you know, help people understand why it, it really is um, a perfectly valid form of, of recreation and, and art, really. So yeah. um, we're, we're, we're glad that we can help share that. Yeah, and, and from a, a Warcraft fan position, now I can tell all the people who don't understand why I play eight hours of Warcraft a day. But uh, my game was on the uh, first inductee list of the video game hall of fame, so so you know. <laughs> exactly. Stick that in your bonnet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we have a few little personal questions for you because we love you. We're just oh, oh. we're such huge fans now. Um, would you consider yourself an avid gamer? Well. It depends on your definition of gamer, and which is actually something that um, we're, we're sort of interested in the definition of a gamer because everyone has different a different definition. Um, I certainly do consider myself a gamer. Um, I I don't play eight hours a day anymore, um, <laughs> especially uh, now that I, I have um, I actually have a son. Um, oh, my goal today. So um, happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, especially since his birth, I haven't been playing um, nearly as much as I would like. But um, I guess, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but um, but I do consider myself um, a gamer. Um, like I said, my uh, my very first um, MMO and one of one of the, my favorite games of all time was Final Fantasy XI, and um, and I do. That was that was probably the the game that really, um, as as an adult anyway, that was that was the game that really sort of got me hooked uh, for a while. Um, and of course, I do have childhood memories of, of playing Mario. I think I think probably my very first game that I remember was Super Mario World. Um, oh, yes. Right now, um, I tend to yes. <laughs> right now, I tend to play mostly on uh, puzzle games on my DS, just because. I can do some short bursts. Um, right now, I'm playing uh, Pit Cross, actually. 
which is nice just to relax before I go to bed. Oh, absolutely. So um, your first MMO you mentioned, did you, would you, which of these would you say is your favorite video game? Um, oh, gee. So I'm probably going to have to be very cliche and say that um, my favorite game actually probably is Super Mario World. It's the game that I've probably played more than any other, and we still actually do have a Super Nintendo hooked up in our basement, and um, I still go back and play that occasionally. So it's the nostalgia factor, but oh, it's, also, excellent. Um, it's also honestly because I love Yoshi. I cannot even ex- explain how much I love Yoshi. So any hey. chance to play him just makes me happy. Oh. Well, that's a good choice for a favorite video game. Yeah. Solid. So, do you play WoW? Um, I have played WoW. Um, I don't play it right now, but I have played it. Um, I think, I have to admit, it was a while ago. Um, I'm pretty sure I was a, either a night elf or a blood elf. I'm so horrible. I just remember it was an elf. Okay. <laughs> we're just going to assume it's a blood elf. Because we're... Yeah. <laughs> We'll assume, we'll assume you're on the Horde side and just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, that probably, that does sound like me. I do tend to go with the villains, so. Not that they were villain villains, but, you know, in general. I get it. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, and, um, and I, I am, um, I have to say, I do, one of the things that I love about MMOs in general, and I do remember having a lot of fun with this as well, is I just love creating the avatar creation process. I just think oh, it's so too. much fun. Oh, I could do that for, if they made a game where you just created things and then just sent them off, you know, just like created a whole backstory, the look, the class, everything, and then you've given them life and you're like, bye, little baby, more. Yeah. I'll make more yeah. now. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, and it really, it sort of takes you back to, to the early, you know, Dungeons and Dragons games where you really, I mean, you really spent a lot of time creating. Oh, yeah you know, your characters and building their staff and building their history. And I mean, that was, the, the creativity in that was just amazing. And, Absolutely. you know, you, you know, you, you do get some of that um, with, with MMOs like WoW, which is, um, which is just really nice. That's a really good point. There is a lot of creativity there. Uh, yeah. And, and it, it allows you to be an individual in a gigantic world full of other people. Yes, Absolutely. Okay, so what would you say is your favorite exhibit or video game artifact currently in the catalog? Oh, wow. Um, well, actually, you, you guys will appreciate this. And I'm not, I, I, I promise that I am not just saying that. This because I'm on a World of Warcraft theme podcast. <laughs> um, this really is the answer that I give whenever someone asks me this. Um, my, my all-time favorite um, video game-related artifact is a World of Warcraft server blade that um, I bought off of eBay when they were selling them. That's an amazing answer. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, I promise I'm not just saying that. That really is my favorite artifact. <laughs> Although, close, close second, um, and this is something we just got this year, is um, we were fortunate enough to receive a donation from New Mexico from the Atari dig. And we now have um, several copies, including E.T., of games that were uh, that were buried. Excellent. Oh wow. Okay, so in your Indiana Jones position, you're deeply embedded in video game culture as a whole, and as such, where do you personally see the future of video games going? To so something like virtual reality, and do you think World of Warcraft would fit into the future you see sort of shaping up? 
So I think there's going to be very two distinct versions of the future. I think there's always going to be sort of console slash PC gaming, which I think World of Warcraft will definitely always there will always be a place for for WoW and and WoW light games. I don't see that going away. I do think that in general the the console slash PC the sort of AAA titles that you know cost millions of dollars to make and have you know hundreds of people on staff. I think those are going to start becoming a little bit more niche, and I think you're going to see that go towards what we would traditionally in the past call hardcore gamers. Um, if for no other reason than because the the systems themselves um, just the sheer power in them is requiring them, the, the cost to sort of exponentially go up. And your sort of casual gamers probably aren't going to be as willing to spend that kind of money on them, I think. So on the other hand, I think that more casual gaming is going to become more mainstream, whether it's on your smartphone. Um, I, I, do, I do think that that's going to become um, a, lot more, a lot more prevalent. App gaming, Things like that. I things that are born digital, basically. I think is is where a lot of the future is going to be. But at the same time, I don't ever see this sort of brick and mortar going away. I, you know, it's it's sort of like um, when you when you look at the future of, of books, for example. You know, with with things like the Kindle and, and Nook taking off, you're still never really going to get rid of the, the printed paper. And I think that's the same is true of of video games. And um, I certainly hope that's true from a historical standpoint because um, I want to have something to preserve. And of course, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, we are we are working um, very diligently on preserving things that are um, born digital. But there are, um, I will admit, a lot more challenges to that than simply preserving, you know, the sort of physical gift and um, you know, instructions and things like that. So um, I really hope that that never dies. I don't think it will. Uh, but I think we will sort of see a, a bit of a, a dichotomy there and a little bit of a split. Um, but we'll see. Well, well that sounds like a promising future. And you basically <laughs> just told us that WoW is never going to go away. So I suddenly <laughs> feel secure in my life. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, no problem. I certainly hope I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Shannon, we just want to thank you again very much for your time. Uh, we want to thank you uh, for working so diligently for something that we care very much about. Um, we want to thank uh, you and the staff over there for uh, taking the time out of your personal recreation time uh, to come talk with us tonight. Um, and uh, is there anything else that you'd like to talk about, anything you want to mention about the museum or yourself, uh, any shout-outs you may have for anyone out there before we end here? covered it i just um i'm i'm really appreciative of the chance to sort of get our message out um i hope that the gaming community will um really become receptive in terms of our preservation efforts and you know when you come across things that um you know maybe you're you're finished playing with or things that are just important to you that you um or again to go off on the indian jones sort of thing if you see something <laughs> that belongs in a museum um <laughs> Well, it probably does, and um, we want to help you preserve it and make sure that um, everyone else knows how important it was to your life, because if it was important to you, then it's important to us, too, and we really want to, um, to keep that going. So um, thank you for being part of 
just a, a, a passionate uh, part of the gaming community and for taking the time to, to pass along our, our preservation message. In all sincerity, thank you so much and thanks for your time. Anytime. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks for lagging balls together with us today. Here's where you can find and follow the show. Email us at laggingballs at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at laggingballs. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash laggingballs. Reblog our Tumblr at laggingballs.tumblr.com. And for YouTube and Google+, search for Lagging Balls Official until we have 500 followers and then we'll get a custom URL. Ooh, if you enjoyed the show, the easiest way to help the show is to rate us on iTunes and Stitcher. We truly appreciate it. Special thanks to bensound.com for all the music used on this show. And be sure to catch us next week on Lagging Balls!